Welcome to the second series of the JobOpo podcast, Changing Gear, where we'll discuss the challenges and opportunities that surround veteran employment, we'll meet sector influencers, speak with top oppos and others that are willing and able to offer their advice to our community. Please enjoy. Uh, welcome, Oppos, to this client edition of the Changing Gear podcast. I'm joined today by two people from the Agena Group. First of all, Kirsty Sloan, who's the head of Warden Operations at Agena Group, and Jamie Gordon, who's a Royal Engineers veteran working within the business uh, in the operations manager role. Guys, welcome to the Changing Gear podcast. Uh, Kirsty, if I could come to you first of all, um, we've talked there about wars and operations. People will hear that word and maybe jump to a conclusion. Tell us a little bit about what Agena Group does as a whole, if you could, first of all. Yeah, so Agena Group is a group of four businesses, three car park management businesses and one software business. That software business supporting the car park management side of things. Um each of the three car park management businesses work with our clients to basically ensure adequate parking on their site. So clients such as NHS, retail parks, supermarkets, housing associations, um, we provide our services to make sure that their car parks are utilised by people that should be parking there. So whether that be permit holders only for people like housing associations, customers only for retail parks, um, supermarkets, patients and staff only uh, NHS sites um, and making sure that even those people that are legitimately parking there are doing so within what the landowner deems the necessary guidelines for that car park. Um, there's quite a lot of stuff that goes on in the background, stuff that feeds into it, um, but predominantly we are just there to support our clients and make sure that their car parks aren't abused unnecessarily um, by people that ultimately just shouldn't be there. Uh, Jamie, let me bring you in first of all, because you and I both know that when you're in the military, you damn park in the wrong place on a on a, on a military <laughs> base, uh, and you didn't even need a warden to come and tell you that. You just knew you couldn't do it. Um, but when you were leaving the the service, I mean, you when you looked at this role in particular, did you see a fit for your skills and attributes that that came from the military that you thought would apply well into this environment and into this kind of job role? Well, I have to say, Dominic, it wasn't the actual business itself that I was looking at. It was the structure of the business. I wanted to join a company that um, had a strong structure, uh, had progression and offered progression, but also offered reward. Coming from the military and rescue services, um, I'd never worked in the private sector where there was commission and bonuses, where you could take a basic wage and then, you know, make a significant increase on that. Um, so... The transferable skills that go hand in hand in, in attaining those bonuses and working with that progression really do come from that military background, the discipline, self-motivation. I don't ever need to be asked to get up in the morning and go and do a good day's work. And when I say a good day's work, what's reasonably expected of me, but to finish tasks uh, and to act with diligence. We're ultimately pointing a finger at somebody and saying they've done something wrong. So we have to be acutely correct. We must be correct and we must be able to follow rules. Rules are incredibly uh, important in, in what we do because um, we've got to apply that breach of contract. So it's understanding what somebody's done wrong, how we use the contraventions we have for that and apply them. But 
importantly, make sure that that is absolutely correct, both the gathering of evidence through photographic evidence um, and then how we relay that information. Um, the other side of it, that's just one side of it, the technical side of it. The other side of it is dealing with people. No one's ever going to say thank you for a parking ticket, but they can look at it and say, do you know what? He's absolutely right. And I did deserve that. And that's what we want our wardens to go away from the field with issuing correct tickets, not being overzealous, not creating problems, but being able to deal with people. I'm a confident person. Um, I can stand in front of somebody knowing I'm correct, but without any ego, de-escalate a situation, leave people with the correct information and close a conversation. And they're skills that most, nearly all military personnel take for granted, but they're skills that are really relevant in this role. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the perception by a lot of people, and particularly employers, Kirsty, may be that the military can be quite dictatorial, dogmatic, and we only have one way of getting things done, where actually what Jamie's described there is almost winning hearts and minds, that actually you you finish the situation with the, the, the client, or, you know, effectively the, the person who's parked incorrectly, feeling like it was justified rather than there was a big confrontation. What do you think, from your point of view as the employer, what do you think would attract people to this role in particular? Because, I mean, I know we spoke previously off air and it's you described this as almost a bit of a Marmite role uh, in some ways. And can you kind of explain that a little bit more for people who are looking at this role and thinking maybe this could be for me? What, what would be your take on that? So, yeah, it is very, very much a Marmite role. I don't think there's very much in between. You either enjoy the job or can do the job or you don't. There's, there's very little in between, I think. Um, and Jamie may or may not agree with that. Um, but I think in order to do what the team are doing day in, day out, going out, issuing these tickets, patrolling, so, you know, driving distances, that sort of thing, it's not an easy job. And I think there's a lot of sort of myths around car park management and all that sort of stuff that hopefully we can dispel. But um, in terms of, why I think it will be an attractive role um, for somebody coming out of the services. So as, as Jamie mentioned, in terms of the business, we offer structure, security. Um, we've got those offerings that we can make. Um, but also because it allows you to sort of be a bit more free. So we're not giving mm. people mm. strict roles and responsibilities that, uh, in terms of sites that they have to visit day in day out where they need to be at specific times they can be a bit more free use their own common sense make the job yeah. what they want to make it so as jamie said having the bonus structure the commission structure that sort of stuff it's it can be as frugal as they want it to be um but for me in terms of the skills and stuff that i found previously from ex service people being a really good fit in the role the work ethos for a start, you know, as Jamie said, getting up in the morning, going out no matter what the weather is. If it's pouring down with rain, snowing, or as we've experienced recently, absolutely boiling hot, all these versions of extreme, having people that are used to being in those situations and still just having to get a job done is not something that I've found in probably very many other um, previous experience industries. Um having the ability to deal with people in what could potentially be a confrontational environment 
nowhere near as confrontational as it once was you know maybe 10 15 years ago nowhere near as bad as that but still having those skills to be able to deal with people in a non-confrontational way um just generally having a, a bit about you to go I'm here to get a job done I'm here to get a job done and prove to myself my my peers etc that you know I'm good at what I do and I can actually serve a purpose within a business and be rewarded for that purpose as well Jamie there's a couple of phrases in there which you know from a military point of view you know you've got a purpose you understand what your orders are you understand what task you've got to complete but in terms of supporting that I'd imagine that the wardens that go face to face with you know with a driver they've got the confidence that you know they've got support behind them and I know your current role now is kind of in charge of the team of wardens how do you how do you think that again you know as Kirsty's mentioned those military traits and skills would allow someone to come into the business and I'm going to say progress and establish themselves quite quickly where, where do you think they have a head start on that so I, I fell into this role um I, I'd looked at the company nothing had ever looked at before and came with a bit of a 12-week plan uh, and that's the window I gave myself while I was looking at other job opportunities three years four years down the line I'm still here and that's because of support and because of progression. Um, so support and progression for me is really important. I, I've come from a vestering people background. Um, good people need to be developed. Good people need to be supported. And they must have a career progression path. And there's a couple of avenues for that. So I, I came in, we got a couple of um, difficult teams, underperforming teams, and I was given the opportunity to team lead those and turn them around. Spring forward a couple of years, uh, the, the job I have now is advertised. I, I moved up into the management. So I now lead and manage those team leaders of what I used to be. So it was quite unusual four years ago for somebody outside of the business to be recruited as a team leader. Normally, it's from within. A good warden makes a good team leader. Um, and we've now demonstrated that a good team leader can move into management. Um, so the, the company is 100% structured towards that. Then because of that, the support is absolutely fantastic. The team leaders uh, uh, managed both by myself and my peer. Um, are, are supported on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And their job after training somebody is to ensure that mentoring support is, is, is always there for them. It's in everybody's best interest to make sure the guy on the ground can do his job safely and comfortably. Uh, an example today, I'm in Leeds because we had uh, um, uh, an incident where somebody is verbally abused, one of our staff is verbally abused. Um, so our, our, our reaction to that is we take them off site. We won't patrol that site until the risk assessment has been done. Um, and then because of the level of abuse, I myself, I've driven 200 miles. I've been on site today with the management, with the site managers. We've dealt with it. We've put uh, some measures in place. And now I can safely put a warden back on that site, knowing that, we can contractually fulfill what we need to do, but importantly, that warden and the entire warden team knows that they're never placed uh, in a place of danger. Because obviously people are coming onto the jobs board, they're seeing roles advertised with uh, with Agena. What, what's hot at the moment for you? So at the minute, we've got quite a 
a few um, warden roles, so warden operative roles. Um, I think we've got around 20 of those, I think, haven't we, Jamie, at the moment? From Scotland down to Sussex. And then mixed in with those, we've got a couple of deputy team leader roles and team leader roles. Um, as, as Jamie touched upon, we'd like to try and recruit internally for progressive roles, i.e. the deputy team leader and team leader roles, so that we are providing a, a career path for the wardens that are already in situ. However, if we haven't got the right candidate internally, those roles we also go out externally for, so they're also um, offered out. Um, but for the warden operatives, obviously, as we described before, in terms of what we ask our staff to do, of those roles, we've got about 20 up and down the country um, that we are desperately trying to fill um, so that uh, Jamie and his peer can sort of get back to doing what they need to do as opposed to all three of us acting as recruitment agents. <laughs> now, joking aside, I know there's a few areas of the country that I'd probably not apply to want to be a, a warden of any description in, in those areas. But, uh, but you know, you, you, touched upon, you touched upon the reward and Jamie, you mentioned there about the first time into a kind of commission type scenario. Yeah. Firstly, what are we talking about here in terms of, you know, I suppose, basic salary levels, but then ultimately, where's where's the top end? You know, if I'm a really effective, you know, I've come out of the military, I'm very effective. As Jamie says, I can fulfill, I can get through those tasks, I'm self-managed. You know, where's my earning potential going to take me? So that's completely in your gift. Now, you've got your basic salary, which is an employer we committed to being an actual living wage employer. Um, the business recognised that national living wage, whilst was still an increase based on last year, was still not necessarily going to cover in, in things like your increase in inflation, all that sort of stuff. So we agreed to be an actual living wage employer. Um, so in terms of basic salary, you're instantly above most wardens within the industry. Um, in terms of the bonus structure, now before people start thinking we can just throw tickets here, there and everywhere and you'll make a bonus and that's it because that's what all car park companies do. They're horrible people. That's not the case. The way we structure it is, yes, your volume plays into it. However, the tickets that are issued have got to be valid. They've got to be legitimate tickets that are issued correctly in line with health and safety, all that sort of stuff all these different factors taken taken into consideration and then we apply that into our bonus structure which will give you an x amount bonus per month now the top earnings i would say for our very 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 productive wardens um will probably be about forty five thousand. so from your actual living wage including your bonus you're talking top end around forty five thousand. vast majority of our wardens are probably earning um, on top of their actual salary, um, on average, Jamie, would you agree about 800? Eight, eight to 1,000 is an average. Yeah. So you look at that on top of your salary for anybody, that is quite a significant extra bit of pocket money that you can get yourself. Yeah. And it's not something we can overlook because people coming out of the service will obviously look at the real cost of living compared to maybe when they were in married quarters. Jamie, is you'll kind of, you know, understand the, the benefits of when you're in the service. Jamie, I'm going to ask sure. you the sort of final question, if you don't mind. Before you came yeah. into this role, uh, your perception of traffic wardens, car park management, etc. What have you learned by doing this role, and what how how does your view change of uh, of this world compared to maybe what the current 
you know candidates that we've got would be looking at what would you say you've you've kind of got inside it now you understand it a bit better I have to say, coming from the background I have, I didn't have a particularly negative uh, feeling towards the industry uh, anyway. Um, you know, I've always, you know, always respectful of the things you don't know. Someone's doing a job. I've never been the sort of person to um, have a pop at somebody for doing that job. However, um, what was quickly evident in taking in, in coming into this role was what that or how low that public perception was of the role. And I think that was multifaceted. And one of one of the facets was um, there was a, a historically a cowboy element to the business. I can put that myth straight to bed. Everything we do is by the book. We have a code of conduct. We have to go by that code of conduct and we have to follow rules. Everybody these, these days wants to appeal a ticket. So what we've issued has to be correct. Come back to that rule factor again. And I love rules. Rules make the job. Um, and, then, and then there's a the personal element up to it. that You see just how hard our wardens have to graft and the thick skin they have to have to do their job. Um, you've got to have a tough mindset. You've got to be determined. Um, and you've got to be a little bit selfish as well. Uh, you don't come into this role wanting basic pay. You come into this role to be able to take advantage of what is rightfully earned with the bonus structure. Um, and it's, it's, it's very important to pick up on that point Kirsty made. It's not a commitment. Is a bonus structure. You you know you can't be rewarded for smashing out loads of tickets. You are going out protecting people's right to park, and therefore your efficiency is what drives the bonus structure, not not just the multiple tickets and volume of tickets you put out. Um, so I think that the easiest answer to your question is that my perception of what <laughs> what other people's behavior is towards wardens uh, is surprising. Um, we have seen that culturally change over the last couple of years. Um, but my overriding uh, observations is just how, how hard the wardens work to protect people's right to park. Yeah, fantastic insights there, Jamie. Uh, Kirsty, Jamie, I really appreciate you giving us uh, the insights and the understanding of the roles that you've got with Agena. Hopefully, we've got candidates ready to hit that button, uh, and we'll see some uh, applications coming through for those 20-odd roles that you've got up and down the country. I won't be applying for one in Newport, by the way. <laughs> uh, guys, thanks for your time on a podcast. Brilliant. Thanks Cheers. so much, Sam. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Job Oppo's podcast, Changing Gear. We hope you enjoyed it. Job Oppo is committed to changing the narrative around veteran employment, and we see veterans as valuable, not vulnerable.